What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Big Easy Bets podcast. I'm your host, Logan, and with me in the studio, Nick Von Brick. How do you do? And not with us in the studio is Justin, the Russian concussion mascaro, because he is at the Derby. Home run derby. Fucking triple-A home run derby. Could be the roller derby, uh, home run derby. Uh, we don't really know what the derby is. Uh, he could be referring to the horse track, uh, but that is the fairground. So we don't know really where Justin is. Could be drinking... Uh, could be drinking some Bloody Marys. This is an early morning episode, episode 110. This is the Elite Eight episode. We will recap the Sweet 16, uh, break down what went right, what went wrong, and then give you all of our picks for the Elite Eight. This is, I said it before we started, and again, it's early, it's early morning, so you got to bear with me. My brain's not working fully yet. <clears throat> I said it before this tournament even started, that it was so wide open this year the most wide open I've personally ever seen it. And that's come true completely. You've got Baylor out. Now Gonzaga's out. Arizona's out. UCLA's out. Purdue's out. Wisconsin was out in the beginning. Tennessee was out second round. Texas Tech's out. It's like all of these teams are just dropping like flies. Kansas got given a game by Creighton. I don't... It's crazy. If you... This is why there will never be a perfect bracket because of years like this. You just can't plan for this stuff. There's no way. St. Peter's, the fucking Peacocks, going to the Elite Eight, the first ever 15 seed to go to the Elite Eight. God, it's and we've been getting we've been getting put through the ringer, Nick more than me. Um, but good lord, we had. Oh, what do we have? You you had a the brutal 0 and four. I had a one and four, and then we followed that up with I, I said I'm going I'm going for it. I'm up in my unit substantially, which is against my better judgment. Uh, and we responded with a four and two <clears throat> a four and two day, which I really really needed. But Purdue, it started with Purdue. First half and full game, bam, down in the hole, two games. What the fuck is Purdue doing? Give the ball to Zach Eady every time. Every single time. It started out with a 10 to 4 lead and then it just that was it. It never it never got back to that again. Um and and they got to the 10 to 4 lead because they were feeding Zach Eady. They had no answer for him. And then Jaden Ivey played the worst game I've ever seen. I got people on Twitter telling me that he was doing really good. Uh, on the playmaking side, really? Were you watching the fucking game? He would get two feet in the lane, jump with no idea of where he's going, and then just throw it away. Or he would try to force feed Edie, but throw it five feet over the seven foot four center's head. So don't try to tell me that that Jaden Ivey played a good game. That was the worst game I've ever seen him play, with the exception of the three point shot at the end of regulation, right towards the end of regulation to try to get in position to force overtime. He didn't hit a goddamn shot. He could barely touch the rim all night. It was incredible. There, there's no way that anybody on that team could guard Jaden Ivey, except himself. So, 
Uh, but hats off to St. Peter's. I mean, you got to give credit to their defense. You don't do what they did. Purdue had the most efficient offense in the country. They didn't look like it last night. They looked like they didn't belong. They're playing not even a mid-major school. They're playing the St. Peter's Peacocks, and they're in the fucking Elite Eight. On Peacock Day, I bet against St. Peter's like a goddamn idiot. But after we drop those two, we go on a four-game streak. I don't know why on the play of the day, on the video that I gave out, I went with Purdue. I told you that I felt so fucking good about Miami. Yeah. And that I don't know what goes on in my brain. I really don't. I have no idea because I started looking at it. It was the first game, and I'm like, I do think Purdue is going to smash them. Purdue should win by 40. That's the crazy thing about this tournament. If Purdue plays that team in December, it's a 40-point victory. But in March, it's like, oh, no, yeah, you're going to lose. But I was so confident in Miami. I literally have it written right here on the paper. I love Miami from last episode. And I just didn't fucking – I should have put them in the video. Would have been great, great night. Um, Didn't do it. But I did bet them first half in full game. They covered both. So the first half um, really wasn't as close as the spread indicated. It was minus one and a half. They won. They were leading at the halftime by three. Uh, but I think uh, Iowa State hit a shot there with like three seconds left from to cut it from five to three. But, yeah, Miami's the real deal. I've been saying it. I like Miami a lot. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, how did your uh, – you, you, you went two and two. How you, yeah, last night. How you the feeling? first night, everybody knows. <laughs> what, are you, what are your thoughts? Anything? Um. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I was surprised <clears throat> that Arizona lost. I thought I was surprised that they weren't able to get it closer. There, it seemed like every they were getting close to being able to make a run or something, and then they just couldn't get it going. Yeah, totally. You know what I mean? No, I, yeah, I agree. So eventually. I mean, this whole thing has been a big surprise. If you're going to tell me these were the eight teams left, I would have been like, "That's why you'll never get. <laughs> that's why you'll never pick a perfect bracket." <clears throat> yeah, Arizona loses by 12 to Houston, which trust me, we're we're very familiar with Houston and who they are as a basketball team. I love Kelvin Sampson as a coach. Uh, I love that team top to bottom. I've been following that team for easily three to four years, probably four before we even started this podcast. We, I mean, we were betting before we started the podcast. I always love betting on Houston because they rebound extremely well. They play incredible defense, and, I mean, they just are relentless. So they cover the spread like crazy. So Houston wins by 12 against Arizona. Arizona was my number one pick, so this is not what last year was. Last year, Baylor was my number one pick. Arizona was this year. They Between last game and this game, Arizona did not show up in this tournament at all specifically Kirk Carissa their point guard I understand he was rehabbing the ankle injury but good lord when your team needs you most you're not there I mean really as a team they struggled to shoot the ball Mm -hmm. which was why they lost but um and you can't really feed you can't really go down low against a team like Houston they're not going to let you They'll, they'll bang they'll bang with you down there and it's going to be a tough night and we saw that so 12 point win for Houston was very impressive a team that lost their best player Marcus Sasser. If Marcus Sasser was on this team, good lord. Like, and uh, Trayvon Mark. So they yeah. they're down two quality players, and one being their best player by far. <clears throat> but then in one of the biggest, or I guess shocking upsets of the night, Arkansas beats Gonzaga seventy four to sixty eight. Gonzaga was the overall betting favorite going into this tournament, really throughout the entire season. It's every year. With Gonzaga, they are 
frauds. They trick everyone every year into thinking they're the best team because at some point throughout the season, you're going to see the number one by their name. Mark Few's a drunk, and he's sitting there on the post-game press conference, and he's like, well, my team was the only team that could really consistently hold on to the number one ranking uh, throughout the year. Everybody else, they just kept every week they were losing, which is true. Everybody was losing. You'd get a number one seed, and then they lose. Purdue got it. First time in history, they lost the very next game. Whoopty fucking do, Mark Few. Y'all play nobody all year, and every single season we go through this same thing over and over and over again like it's Groundhog Day. Gonzaga is not a good team. I always said it. I said it all year. They, they're not battle-tested. They're, they're a good team, not a great team. Let's put it that way. They played 13 quad four teams. 13. Kansas only played three. Quad four. Quad one is the top cream of the crop of the power five. Quad four is mid-major schools. They played 13 of them. Nearly half of their games were quad four wins, which is what I've always said. They are not battle-tested when the tournament rolls around. You got the Big 12, the Big 10, even the SEC, even though they didn't show up in this tournament at all. You got these conferences that are just beating the shit out of each other every night. So when they go play these other teams in the in the tournament that aren't near that level of intensity, it's like, okay, it, it, it's a breath of fresh air. Gonzaga, on the other hand, every single game they just have to show up and they're going to run the team out of the building. They're just basically playing a scrimmage against a high school team unless they play St. Mary's. And then when they get to the tournament, it's, okay, everybody's on your level now and they don't have enough to separate themselves. I was telling Nick, I saw a tweet that embodied it perfectly. Mark Few needs to start recruiting players that didn't have a ride home from practice in junior high. Stop stop recruiting these fucking soft-ass pansy players. Recruit some people that are dogs that are going to go out there and, and not shy away. Last year, we talked about it, last year was their best team by far, in my opinion at least. Yeah. Like not even close. Far and away their best team. Jalen Suggs, Ayayi, uh, Nick reminded me of Corey Kispert. Drew Timmy, that you had everything you needed to make a run. They just ran into what is arguably, in my opinion, one of the best college basketball teams of all time in Baylor. So, um, but Gonzaga does this every single year, and next year they'll they'll have <clears throat> they'll be the preseason number one again. We'll go through it all again. The majority of the brackets and the bracket challenges will be Gonzaga, and then they'll do the same thing they always do. They come up short. So. I'm I'm so tired of Gonzaga. You won't see me until they get out of that weak ass conference and go somewhere where they're actually playing competition. I'm you, you won't see me take Gonzaga in March again. So it, it drives me nuts. But that that's where I'm at. Gonzaga's out, Arizona's out, UCLA's out, Purdue's out, Texas Tech's out. All the good teams are yeah. not playing anymore. <laughs> yeah, everybody's out. We got we got Houston, Nova, Arkansas, Duke today. And then tomorrow we got Miami, Kansas, St. Peter's, and North Carolina. It's like if you if you nailed the Final Four, like I know it's not decided yet, but it's like out of these teams, if you nailed it, good job. Yeah, hell yeah. Because like I didn't see, I didn't see. Quite frankly, I didn't have any of these teams in the Final Four. I mean, at the yeah, no, it's well, <laughs> Kansas would have been a popular one if they get there. Yeah. But then you got St. Peter's in North Carolina. We talked about North Carolina, and I was big on North Carolina. I nearly took them 50-1 to to win the tournament. 50-1 to before the Baylor game. I was so close to doing it, and I didn't do it. I'm not going to lie to y'all. I didn't do it. I was very close. 50-1 to odds. Now they're playing St. Peter's to go to the Final Four. It's it's wild. Um, 
We, it looks like we might be destined for a Duke-North Carolina Final Four. Run it back uh, after that unacceptable performance, in the, in the words of Coach K, on his last uh, game on, at Cameron. But, yeah, Houston and Nova and then Arkansas-Duke today. I mean, it was out of the top right region, which I don't know, what is that, the south? It was either going to be, well, no, that was actually not a bad region. You had Arizona, you had Illinois. Tennessee. No, Tennessee, Nova, Houston, Michigan. That was yeah, actually that was a pretty a good, good region. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Houston should not have been a five seed. We said that before this started. Why, why is Houston a five seed? 32 and five. Uh, they they are kind of like Gonzaga, I guess. They're in that weaker conference where they're in the American but they still play better competition than Gonzaga does. Oh yeah, they got you got SMU in there, you got Cincinnati, you got you got uh, you got quality teams. Um, well, they all play hard defense. I mean, yes. like they might not be the best offensive teams, but they they don't shy away. They play hard. Definitely. No, I agree. All right. <clears throat> so, with that being said, um, I, I needed a good night. I had a good night. Could have had a great night if Purdue would have shown up like I thought they were going to. A 6-0 and night would have been fucking incredible. But I'll take 4-2. and two. Step in the right direction. We got two games today. We'll start it off with Houston and Villanova at 5-0-9 on TBS. Houston is two-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, it sounds like we're – we talked about it a little bit before. It sounds like we're leaning in the same direction here on this one. Uh, but who who are you taking? Um, I'm going to go with Villanova here. Okay. And – it's just because I don't know if Houston, the, the success that they've been having offensively through the whole tournament, which I guess it kind of sounds stupid saying it now because they're just playing. They really are playing far better offensively than I thought they would. Yeah. But I'm not sure how much longer that's going to last. I just feel like there could be an offshoot at night, and I feel like it'll be today. And then on top of that, the fouls, the physical play that they play with, and then Villanova being the best free throw shooting team. Ever, I guess. Are mm-hmm. are they still on pace for that? Yeah. Um by by a very small margins, like eighty two point six to Harvard's eighty two point two. Um, but yeah, they're still on it. Well, I think they'll be able to get to the line a lot tonight. So um, I agree. That's why it's so hard to bet against Houston. It really is. Um <clears throat> to me this is the toughest one, but I'm gonna go with Villanova. Yeah, I agree. I'm 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 on the Wildcats as well. Um Again, and it might come back to bite me. I love Houston. I haven't. I bet on Houston against UAB. That's what I said. The Barstool guys were going to screw a lot of people because they were hyping up Jordan uh, Jelly Walker with UAB. I was like, yeah, that is not a good matchup going up against Houston. They're gonna they're gonna hurt a lot of people in that matchup, and they did. Uh, but then the next round, they go and play Illinois, and I think it was Illinois, right? Yeah. And we were on Illinois. We should have been on Houston. Um, we. I just. I've been. I know what Houston is. And I'm taking so much into account the fact that they've lost Sasser, but they've been without Sasser for months. They've had plenty of time to to readapt as a team. So they have guys. They got Kyler Edwards. They got Tajay Moore. They got all these other guys that can – they got Shed, who's one of the best, best assist guys in the nation, averaging nearly double-digit assists, but he'll hit some shots for you from the outside. And then the biggest X factor and biggest turnaround that I've seen – uh, I keep raving about it. It's Fabian White Jr. with his outside shooting. He's shooting nearly 40%. He's like 6'10". He shot like maybe five three-pointers the year before. Now he's shooting 40%. He shoots them consistently. So when you throw all that in with a team that plays relentless defense and just 
they are going to dominate the offensive glass. It's really tough to bet against that team, but we keep doing it. Villanova is a team. It's exactly the team you want to bet on. That's another team we haven't been betting on. At least I haven't in March. This is the team you want to bet on, though. Like Nick said, they're setting the record for free throw shooting in college basketball. Best team of all time from the line. Then you poise that with probably the best point guard in the country in Colin Gillespie, which uh, I've been raving about him. You know what you're going to get. Very fundamentally sound play. He's shooting well from the outside. He is clutch. Will hit a shot in crunch time when it matters most. And then they have all these other guys that are basically clones of themselves, uh, all long six eight wings. And then you got Dixon down low. It worries me. I think the bigs of Houston are going to have the upper hand a little bit. But Dixon's going to have to play a good game. But Houston's very aggressive. So, like Nick said, he thinks that Nova's going to be able to get to the free throw line. I agree. Houston's very aggressive. If the refs, if the refs have a quick whistle and Villanova can get in the bonus early, I mean, look for the Wildcats to be leading at halftime because, I mean, they're very fundamentally sound. They know how to get you in position where even if you're not fouling, it might look like you're going to foul and they're going to sell it. And then they have all these other guys, too, that they can go to. They've got multiple different guys that can give you double digits. So, I don't know. I'm going to take Villanova as well, getting two and a half. To be quite honest, this one feels like this should be like a pick to me. Yeah, I do, but it's like a lot of people are, like, jumping on that Houston bandwagon, you know? Oh, yeah, and it's hard not to, but last year they had a much better team. Yeah. They, they had Shed, they had Sasser, who was hitting from the outside, but they had Quentin Grimes, they had Dejon Giroux, they had uh, Fabian White was still there. They had another big, who I'm blanking on, because they went and picked up Carlton. He was a transfer. Wasn't number four last year? Number four. He wasn't big, but he was a bigger guy. He's a forward. Uh, I forget his name. Yeah, I don't know. I remember. I, I remember Dejon Giroux was like the the point guard. Yeah, played great defense. Uh, could hit you a shot here and there. But Quentin Grimes was one of the best two way players in college basketball. Uh, Sasser was really he was like the third option. So he was Houston's best player this year, averaging nearly eighteen points a game. He was the third option last year. So that was that, and they made a Final Four run. It's not like they didn't live up to. The hype, they just ran into Baylor. So they, they had a great show. And Kelvin Sampson's completely turned around that Houston program in the last five years. So, yeah, I'm going to take Nova, but I'm also going to take the over, too. Uh, the total sits at 127.5. Again, when you need points, when you're a couple points away from, from the over, if Villanova does find themselves up a couple points here at the end and Houston's got to start playing the foul game, Nova's going to win that battle. So... I think that Villanova is going to be able to score efficiently enough that Houston is Houston does play smothering defense, but they like to run too. They have some athletic athletic wings. They like to run and get to the basket. So I think uh, one twenty seven and a half is a little too low. So give me the over there. Are you looking at a side on this total at all? Um, no. Okay. All right. Um. So that's for the first game. Next game, Arkansas-Duke, 7.49 p.m. Back at it again with the weird start times. Uh, On TBS, Duke is four-point favorites. And then the total currently sits at 147.5. Which side are you thinking? Um, I'm going to go with Duke here. I just think um, they surprised me. They come out and they played with a lot more intensity than I thought they would. I think that that, the loss – at the end of the conference tournament really did 
ignite something in, within them. They have the talent. Um, so, I don't know, dude. Arkansas just feel like they don't belong here. It does feel like that, but, <laughs> you know but they I mean? are here. Like, out of all that, they, they escape. Obviously, to beat Gonzaga, like, that's impressive. And nobody and a lot of people weren't expecting that to happen. But um, you look at the games before that, they weren't no, playing the best basketball. So No, not at all. Four-point win over Vermont. A 53-48 to five-point win over New Mexico State. Um, I'm two and one betting against the spread, betting against Arkansas in this tournament. <clears throat> and I'm going to take Duke as well. Duke minus four. It just feels like it's inevitable. Uh, Coach K to the final four, potentially with a rematch against North Carolina. Arkansas, like Nick said, the first two games, they struggled. Vermont gave them a game. New Mexico State really gave them a game. Um, and what was a, a funky, couldn't put the ball in the basket type of game. And then Gonzaga, I mean, Hats off to Arkansas for the Gonzaga game. They, I, well, also too Gonzaga's stupid because they continuously tried to con- just keep shooting from the outside. They weren't hitting a shot. There was one point in the game they were down like five, couple minutes left. They come down and Chet Holmgren fucking launches a three from the top of the key, barely hits the rim, and then Arkansas gets the ball back. That's when you need to give it to somebody who's going to drive it to the rim. Maybe get an and one, get an extra point out of it without running time off the clock. It was so it was so frustrating to watch because Arkansas the problem with Arkansas is JD Note is not really playing that well. I know he had 21 points, but he shot 9 of 29 from the field. He was 2 of 12 from the three-point line. As a team, they were 7 of 25 from the three-point line. This is what we were talking about cuz yeah, you, when that you game were on was the over. Close. I remember there was one cuz the game was getting close toward the end and it was Arkansas was in control, but it was like Gonzaga might have a chance. And then Note, like, yep. <laughs> did some step back at three. So this was towards the end of the game and, like, barely hit the front of the rim. He takes some stupid shots. No, he does. He does. He shot 29 times. I understand he's their best player by far, but it's like, good Lord. You got to you gotta be a little bit more efficient than that because uh, Gonzaga is not that spectacular of a defensive team. So, I was interested to see that Chris Likes only played four minutes. Um, I, I that was I wasn't expecting that, but yeah, I'm gonna take Duke. I think Duke's just got same thing. They got too many guys. You know what you got with Paulo Bancaro, gonna be a lottery pick. But then Mark Williams down low. I think um, the center for Arkansas. He's gonna be flopping all fucking day. That dude is the biggest flopper in college basketball. It's so frustrating because he's a big body dude, but they love to give him the charge calls. If he falls to the ground, they're like, Oh, he's pretty big. He shouldn't be falling over. I'm like that's gotta be a charge. It's like, bro, play, stand up and play some fucking defense, please. He, he spends more time on the ground than fucking. Uh, I, I don't know. I had a, I had a, not the best <laughs> example in my head. Um, but yeah, Duke's got too many guys. If Griffin can get hot from the outside, which he's been shooting it fairly decent in the tournament. Um, four point Duke should be able to handle this. I, I I think Arkansas expended a lot of energy taking down Gonzaga, the overall number one. So they would have to. This would be a run of all runs if they now get through Duke to go to the Final Four. Be very impressive. But you did say it was the year of the hog. Maybe you just meant for basketball instead of football. <laughs> yeah. Um. 
So, yeah, give me Duke. And then I, I'm i looking at the point total, 147.5. It's tough. Duke plays so damn fast. I'm going to take the over just because, I mean, Vegas thinks this is going to be closer than I am. Vegas is normally right. I'm normally wrong. So this is a close one. Overtime will be in play. Uh, but Duke plays so fast. They're, with their pace of play, Arkansas is not afraid to launch from deep. So if they do start hitting a few, even though they have not shot well in this tournament, that's what's kind of worrying me about taking the over here. They have not shot well in any game thus far. The outside shooting has not not traveled with them. So, But Duke's pace of play, if, if Griffin can get hot, they got different guys who can hit from deep. And then when it when all fails, just throw it down to Mark Williams down low and let him two-hand dunk it on somebody's head. So give me Duke, minus four. Give me the over 147.5. So you're just staying with uh, point spreads? Well, I got one total okay. in the next one. Okay. Well, and not in the next one, in the last tomorrow. one. Yeah, tomorrow. Um, all right, so that is for Saturday, the two games. Now we look ahead to Sunday. Miami and Kansas, 10 seed versus one seed. I've been big on Miami. For quite a while, uh, they currently sit as six-point underdogs. One twenty p.m. on CBS on Sunday. The total sits at one forty-seven and a half. That's tough. All right, I'll go first. I'm taking Miami with points. Miami's fucking good. I like Miami a lot. Miami, the way they responded to Iowa State and what was looking like a going to be one of those typical Iowa State games where they muddy the water and it's a scrappy game. That's what it started out as. And that second half, late in that second half, Miami turned it on. Pulled away. Pulled away at the right time. So I'm taking Miami with the points. This is going to be a really good game, I think. But I could see Kansas winning by a large margin if Miami just – if if the the the, uh, the luster kind of fizzles out from Miami. It's not that I can't see it, but I'm riding. I'm riding the Hurricanes until they, uh, until they let me down, so – I'm taking Miami plus six. You on Kansas? I don't know. That's what I have down. <laughs> I mean, just because <laughs> I'm not doesn't mean you don't. No, you dude, can't be. It's just... I think Miami's playing with much more juice right now than Providence. Yeah. And Providence kept it close. Providence shot the ball terribly as well. Oh, yeah. Like, so bad. 0 of 10 to start the game. Uh, they lose by five. If they don't get off to that slow of a start, I mean, you never know. But Miami shot at 9 of 26 from the three-point line. They're 46 from the field, 46% from the field. Um, one issue is they did get out-rebounded substantially. Offensive rebounds, Iowa State got 16 to Miami 7. Is Kansas Kansas is the betting favorite to win it all now? They got to be. No, Houston is. Are they seriously? At least they were yesterday. Maybe it was because they had a leg up. Cause they, when I saw, they, yeah, because they won already. Yeah. Yeah, when I saw, um, it probably is. Kansas. So before the sweet, yeah, before the sweet sixteen started, on one side it was like Gonzaga was still the favorite, and then right, not right behind them, but behind them was um, Kansas, and then they were just slightly favored over um, Arizona. So yeah, it's uh, Kansas is plus two eighty. Houston's plus 360, Duke plus 400, North Carolina plus 600, which looks enticing. Uh, Nova plus 600, Arkansas plus 1,000. Yeah. Well, that's only six, but nobody gives a shit about St. Saint, Saint Peter's. 
St. Peter's. Uh, Miami's 20 to 1. St. Peter's is 40 to 1. I'm going to go with Kansas. Okay. But just because like they've been winning games, but they really haven't um they haven't really been able to like show what I think they're capable of doing offensively. I think they got multiple guys. Mm-hmm. Um and Abaji hasn't really exerted exerted himself as like one of the better yeah. players. Like I think he's the best player on their team, but Remy Martin stepped up coming off the bench. Um He's been the X factor yeah. this tournament. Remy Martin has been lights out when Kansas, and that's the thing though. What are they going to do? Because, like you said, Abaji, I've been saying it. It seems like he hasn't shown up since senior night when he shit the bed. It was like, oh, a thirteen from the field. <clears throat> what are they going to do when Remy Martin has an off night? Because he will have some every now and then. He has not had one in the tournament. He's been their go-to guy when when offense gets stagnant. Go to Remy Martin. He's getting you a bucket. So when he has an off night, where are they going to go? Abaji's got to step up. Yeah, well, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Miami now. What? Yeah. <laughs> Are you really? <laughs> yeah, uh, th- this Miami team just se- it seems reminiscent of like UCLA's run last year. It does, and the and thing- I kept betting against UCLA until they played Gonzaga. Yeah, when and was in the Final Four. Um, so like I said about Miami, the reason why, like Iowa State plays that smothering good defense. Don't get me wrong. I said Miami has too many guys, so. Isaiah Wong had a poor shooting night, 3 of 11, 1 of 5 from 3, only 7 points. You had Wardenberg, the big guy, a very efficient 5 of 9, 13 points. You had um, you had Miller, Jordan Miller, 6 of 6 from the field, 100%, 16 points. But it was Cameron McGusty's night, 10 of 18 from the field, 4 of 7 from the 3-point line, 27 points. He hit big shot after big shot. Anytime Iowa State was looking like they were going to close the gap, Cameron McGusty came down, railed a 3, to stretch the lead back out to wherever they had it. And they, I mean, they win by 14 points. They put up 70 points on a smothering Iowa State defense. So, yeah, I, I'm taking Miami six points. This team is rolling right now with all the juice. So, Larinaga's a good coach. He's got them believing that they can do this. They're one game away from the Final Four. This is a Kansas team that we just saw uh, take Providence. Providence crawled back into that game, but they had the lead late in the second half. Horkler got hot from three, and then uh, Al Durham was getting hot too. So this was kind of – they were hitting back and forth. So a five-point win against Providence, which a, it's a Providence team that I've been low on all year. I didn't – I didn't – I bet against Providence probably every round up until this one, um, this past one. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm taking the Hurricanes, 100%. Until that, you got to ride that until it's over. Yeah. So um, I'm – Probably going to stay away from the total there. If I see, if I look more into it and see something that I like, um, I'll add it. If you're not following the Instagram page, go follow Epic Easy Bets. All of our picks are out there. But if you listen to this podcast, you're getting you're getting all of our picks as well. Um, so you you you're officially you, you're putting your your name in the hat, Miami plus six. Yeah. Okay. All right. Last game of the Elite Eight, four oh five on Sunday, St. Peter's, North Carolina. Oh, yesterday was a fucking Peacock Day, and they find themselves in the Elite Eight. Please, God, don't let the Peacocks go to uh, New Orleans and ruin that goddamn Final Four. I, I don't want to see the Peacocks in the Final Four. Plus eight and a half. What are you thinking? Is it eight and a half? Yeah, that's what I see. Okay. What I did you? it was eight. <laughs> Just changed, huh? 
I Somebody mean, tell me I, if they can find it. At I, I guarantee you that. Justin, uh, can you find it at 8? Yeah, let's phone call Justin in at the Derby. Um, I'm sure you can find it at 8. I would be shocked if not. But, I mean, at some point in time, I guess we got to start giving St. Peter's the respect that they deserve. Uh, they, they deserve nothing. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. No, they're a good basketball team, but this is... um. I'll get to it in a second once I can yeah, confirm I see, that I find it at eight. I see eight and a half there. Um, eight and a half there. When is the when is it? I thought the clock was going to strike midnight yesterday. When is the clock going to strike midnight? That's the question. Will it ever? Will they win the national championship? Shake up the entire landscape of college basketball. What about FanDuel? FanDuel was uh, eight and a half. Eight and a half on Barstool. All right, nice. we're at eight and a half. And I'm a going half. with North Carolina here. Yeah, me too. It's a severe mismatch. Um, North Carolina, they're going to feed Baycott. They're going to do what... Or, yeah, or, or, and they may not even feed Baycott, but Baycott will have his fucking way. He will get all the offensive boards. So they're going to do what Purdue wouldn't do. Yeah, they're, that, that's the biggest thing. It's the, the size of Baycott and then his, his rebounding ability... That's going to be a big problem for St. Peter's here. I think that I would throw it down to him every time and then yes. let him shoot it. I mean, throw it at the goal and keep getting a rebound until he makes it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, now and then North Carolina's got a lot of guys stepping up when they're better players, don't play as well. I think Man- Manic last night, um, he didn't play terrible. I mean, three for 10, I think he was from three. Yeah, you'd like him to be a little bit better than that, but that's not like horrible for college basketball. But um, yeah, I mean thirty percent. It's just a, it's just an off shooting night. Yeah. it's not like a oh fuck like. But, but um, yeah, I think that the size overall for North Carolina is going to be a problem for for uh, St. Peter's. I agree. <clears throat> no, yeah, I thought Purdue was a terrible mismatch for them. And it's like, but North Carolina plays better better defense than them, I think. No, they do. Purdue's terrible defensively. But the biggest thing with that Purdue game was they had nine turnovers in the first half. At least six of them were unforced, just throwing the ball away, careless. They didn't take the team seriously like they said they would. Travion Williams, that fat son of a bitch, lied in his press conference and said, "Oh, we're we're not going to take them lightly. They're they're here. They deserve to be here. We're going to come out fired up and ready to go." No, you didn't. No, you fucking didn't. Jaden Ivey kept throwing it to nobody in the third row. So that was the difference right there. The turnovers, they just kept giving them the ball back without even making them have to work for it. So I, I, North Carolina is not going to do that. North Carolina is rolling. Ever since they beat Duke, on, uh, that last Coach K game on at Cameron, that completely turned their season around. I think that's that's when the, the, the switch flipped for them. So, yeah, no, I'm on North Carolina. I'm looking at the point total as well. It's like 137. Nothing sticks out to me there. Nothing. I'm on the over. Are you? You think that they're going to run it up then? Because St. Peter struggles to score. They had 60. Yeah, I'm just on the over. I'll take the over too. I'm not going to tell. I was on the over last time against St. Peter's, and I thought it should have went over. If yeah, they would have just fucking gave the ball to the big guys, you know? Yeah. Purdue meaning. Um, no, it definitely should have. 
100%. So I think St. Peter's will be pressed. I think they'll keep it probably close for a little bit, but the second half is where um, I think North Carolina will will open it up. I don't even think it comes down to shooting fouls at the end. I think it North Carolina ends up winning. Um, yeah, well, part of me wants to take North Carolina first half too and just fucking get back what Purdue stole from me. Um, but we'll we'll see. We'll see about that. I mean, they play good defense, St. Peter's, but like I said, I just think that North Carolina is going to get an ample amount of second-chance opportunities. It's going to be way too much for her. Yeah, no, and that's what I, I felt like they were going to be able to do that um, against UCLA as well, which, granted, you made a good point. I don't know why UCLA didn't play Johnson, their big guy, more, for at least from the rebounding aspect, but Baycott had his way. Uh, North Carolina's had a substantial mar- margin a victory on the uh, offensive glass. So that was a big a big difference. If they miss, they're probably getting another chance. If you miss, you're not getting another chance. So that's a yeah, big Yeah, and then at the deal. end for that game, which we didn't really get to talk about it that much, but it's like, man, I want the ball. I want Juzang shooting no shots there when you when you need him. I don't know what happened to him cuz he had he had all the juice last, last year. Last year in the tournament, he was like the best player. Yeah. There's no really but even like throughout the season, though, I've been watching him, and it's like he's not what he was last year. No, like I, you should have stepped into that role and ran with that, and been like, "I'm the fucking guy." I'm and like, he kind of started off the season playing really well, but it's like, um, you know, after they got a couple losses. Look, don't get me wrong; they have last year he was the guy because they didn't really, the other guys weren't really as far along as they are this year. So mm-hmm. it's like. Like Bernard um, and, and all of yeah, that. Yeah, Bernard's a really good option, but it's like Juzang can create his own shot. If he gets in and he can make contests, that's one of the things with UCLA is like they – I feel like that's why North Carolina climbed back into it. They just – um, they get too comfortable because they are they are good at making contested shots. Yeah. Like with uh, Juzang – I mean, Juzang in particular and then uh, Yaquez in the yeah. post, like the high post – posting up and then fading away it's like they get they just get too comfortable with like not finding the easiest shot possible mm-hmm. you know what i mean so yeah. um but yeah you would have liked for him to be able to take control of that or like demand the ball at the end of the game and then but it was yakas shooting it yeah yep and unfortunately for them they are now going home so um all right that is all the picks that we have for the Elite Eight. I'm going to recap mine. I have uh, Nova plus 2.5, the over 127.5 in Houston Villanova. Then we have Duke minus 4 over Arkansas in the over 147.5. On Sunday, I have Miami plus 6. Then I have North Carolina minus 8.5 and, and the over 137. If I add a total to the Miami game, it will be on the Instagram page. But currently, as it sits, I do not. Go ahead and I'm recap. on Villanova plus 2.5, Duke minus 4. Miami plus six, North Carolina minus eight and a half, and the St. Peter's North Carolina over 137. All right, and Justin texted his picks from the Derby. Uh, He's taking Nova plus two and a half and Arkansas plus four, going both underdogs today. Um, So, all right, episode 110 of Big Easy Bets is in the books. This is the Elite Eight. We look forward to the Final Four, which is in New Orleans. I got tickets to the National Championship game, so I'm fired up about that. Part of me is hoping that it's – or actually all of me is hoping that um, Duke gets there because how iconic would that be? I've never been, other than an LSU college basketball game, 
I've never been to a college basketball game. Like, I, obviously, the LSU ones count, but that was the Ben Simmons years. We're playing scrubs. Ben Simmons is a fraud. But to go to Coach K's potential, not potential, it would be his last game of all time and see him potentially win a national championship, I mean, that's a pretty iconic sports moment. So, Yeah, Justin's probably at the Louisiana Derby. What is that? The uh, horses. Okay. I guess it's a... Uh, I don't. They I, call it the Derby. Is it at the fairgrounds? Yeah, it's got to be okay. But it's you call the Derby the the, the home run der- Derby, yeah, or the Kentucky Derby, yeah, or the roller Derby. I mean, yeah, the Louisiana Derby. Justin, come on. <laughs> All right, episode one ten. You got anything to say? See ya. Y'all have a good one. Who that? We do.